You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And Brenthurst Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. With me today is Renee Eager from Brenthurst Wealth. And rather than talk about food or football or or sport or, you know, sitting in the sunshine in the late autumn of South Africa, Renee, you want to talk about death and taxes, which is uh, slightly perverse, if you don't mind me saying so. Yeah. So, so Lindsay, thank you first for having me on your podcast. And yeah, I actually want to talk about fees more than anything today, but death and taxes and fees are all life certainties. So I want to actually drill it down into fees more and, you know, what fee gets levied for what service in our industry and just give the end clients a little bit more understanding of what they're paying for and, you know, what costs more and what doesn't and what they should be aware of and the right questions to ask, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you say in the introduction, I focused on death and taxes, but fees are terribly, terribly important because they've become a hot topic over the last uh, last few years. You say most investors pay annual fees for a variety of services such as mutual funds and financial advice. However, according to various surveys, you say investors are somewhat ignorant and roughly a fifth, 20%, think they don't pay anything, which of course is not the case, Renee. Yeah, so I've obviously been, you know, doing a lot of research and there's, you know, there are some companies that do these type of market researches where these stats come from. But I think it's, you know, it's largely because what happens is, is when you're investing, there's not a physical payment that gets deducted you know, in other words, you don't pay physically for the services from your bank account to whatever your financial advisor's account, for example. Uh, you don't pay the fund manager directly for their services. It actually all comes from your investment account automatically. So I think that's where people kind of are ignorant to think that they actually pay they pay fees. But I think, you know, my awareness today is to, you know, it remains a fact that high fees do eat into savings over the long term yes. um, because of compounding. But I just want to kind of break it down and and give everybody sort of an idea of how we sort of call the various fees. And in our industry, we have something called a, a total expense ratio. And it's actually made up of three fees, which is obviously the management fee, which is basically your fund manager. So the likes of 91, Coronation, Alan Gray, et cetera. Then you've got the advisor fee, which is obviously us in this case, which would be Brentist or any other advisor that you're dealing with. And then you've got the actual product, which is basically the product house, the administrator that houses your investment. So, so there's various layers, Renee. It's, it's, not, it's not just one fee. You don't look at a statement at the end of the year. I'm being very simplistic here, but it's very good to be simplistic sometimes. You don't look at a statement at the end of the year and say, right, that was the fee I paid. There are layers of fees. That's what you're saying. Correct. Correct. And, you know, not only that, um, Lindsay, the fees actually levied based on the market value of your investment every month. So, you know, for example, you have a percentage of fee that you pay, but it can change because your market value can go up and it can go down. So, you know, the fund manager, your advisor, the platform are all 
their fee is all based on increasing or decreasing investment. So in, in some ways, it's kind of fair because you make money, they make money and vice versa. Yeah. But I'm basically going to explain to you, you know, actually paying for and and I'll break it down in those three particular fees. Okay, let's do the and first one. The so, first one is the management fee. What do investment management fees pay for? That's the first thing that you say. That's number one of the three. So please go on. Yeah, so basically, you know, this is the fund manager. So let's use whatever. Let's use Coronation in this example, okay? okay? Yeah. And they are the managers that are going to manage their exposure to bonds, to stocks, which is basically equity, shares in companies, um, they can choose ETFs, they can choose real estate, they can choose commodities, whatever they want. So every different sector of the market, these guys are basically paid to manage money. Okay. And basically what happens is this fee compensates the fund manager to select a portfolio of stocks yes. to basically suit a mandate of a particular fund. So a fund will have a mandate and an investment objective, and they will have to stick to that portfolio, okay, that portfolio choice in order to give you your whatever, inflation-beating returns. So sometimes in this instance, you can either have a flat fee, okay, mm. or sometimes you will have a performance fee, which is basically a performance fee over a certain watermark or benchmark that the fund manager levies for performance. And, oh, you know, in, in our industry, performance fees come under huge scrutiny when investors have to pay for past performance, for example. So I think, you know, in the old days, I don't really think it's happening anymore, but some of the big fund manager houses had what you call 12-month rolling returns. That meant that basically, you know, your client coming into the fund was paying for past performance. So I think performance fees are fine when they're reasonable. In other words, the hurdles are reasonable. And that as long as your client understands what they're in for and they're treated fairly. That's what I say. This is a very interesting question. Do you have the power to negotiate with some of the big fund managers? You, you mentioned three, I won't mention them. Do you have the power to say, look, we're Brentos Wealth, we give you and we will potentially give you some business here, but um, your fees are a little bit too high. So can you negotiate down or are they very intransigent when it comes to the fee that they charge, Renee? So I must say some of the fund managers that we deal with do create special fee classes for bulk, in other words, for good support of their funds, yes. um, which is hugely beneficial to, to the end client because, you know, in the old days, rebates used to get passed on to the advisor. In the new days, I mean, when the phase that came in, there's you have to have full disclosure. So that doesn't happen anymore. So it's great that some managers do, but you have to have big bulk. You can't, for example, take one client's, you know, portfolio and say, excuse me, Mr. Fund Manager, will you negotiate the fee for this particular client? But there is a class of fee that, you know, you as the brokerage can use for yes. a preferential rate to your client. But it doesn't happen often. It's very specific and based on a lot of different things. Understood. Okay, that's good. Well, that's a good example. That's number one. What about number two, the advisor fee? You say most advisors 
outsource their fund management arms, but an advisor's function is to make sure that you are in the correct portfolio of funds, taking into consideration your risk profile, your needs and objectives. In other words, it's not just something that you get off the shelf, it's, it's something that is bespoke, as they say. This is tailor-made for a particular client. And this is where, of course, you come in, Renee. That's correct. And, you know, everybody everybody hates paying fees. Um, you know, it's like anything in life, like fees, taxes, you know, everybody tries not to pay those type of things. But I often use the example, you know, when you go to a dentist, you don't ask them for a discounted fee. <laughs> um, they are specialists. And I feel the same from an advisor's point of view. So, you know, not only do we have to make sure that our clients are in the right, you know, portfolios and the right funds and they have the right asset allocation. We also have to be very cognizant of their needs, their objectives. You know, what do they need? What do they need for their families? Um, you know, estate plannings, cash flows, income requirements, stuff that they need from a tax point of view. Um, so there's a whole lot into it that's that some people take for granted. It's not just about managing your investments. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes on in the background. And Lindsay, I'd like to actually just, you know, give you an example yes, uh, of, yes, of this particular thing. So, you know, at the moment we're in a high interest rate environment and last year was not a great year for investments. I mean, it's much better now, but you know, we were all being compared to like money market. Money market has given me 7%. I don't have to pay any fees like, you know, why must I pay an advisor or a fund manager, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, my answer to that is the bottom line is, is that even though you don't pay a return for, for money market, your high end client still gets taxed 30 to 40 percent on interest. OK, so your 7 percent yield that you're looking at and bragging about is, in fact, only 4 percent or maybe four and a half percent. So you're not outperforming inflation. You need to be invested in the right things so that you can outperform inflation. And, you know, the bottom line is that you can look over any period. Cash has never beaten equity returns and certainly not when you're trying to outperform inflation. And when inflation is so high, which it is everywhere in the world now, you need to take on more risk to get more return. And that comes at a cost, you know, trading shares and things like that, that costs money. And unfortunately, you know, we can't get around it. But I also just want to reiterate, we always get confused. Fund managers always get confused with advisors because us as advisors, we are not stockbrokers. We do not sit in front of the big screens trading shares we provide a whole lot of other functions, you know, in the whole planning process as opposed to just money management. Yes, if a unit trust in a portfolio is underperforming and we do our due diligence on that and we keep up to date with all the fund managers and stuff and we will switch the funds if we need be. But there's a whole other function that comes behind it. And, you know, money is hugely emotional and, you know, sometimes – even as an advisor, some of my clients just phone me to soundboard off me, you know, just to make sure that they're on the right track. And, 
Yeah, it's almost it's almost like a jack of all trades, and for that you need to be paid. You know. Now I understand. I'm going to come to that at the end because I mean I've been scribbling, as I've told you on many occasions. I'm a scribbler. I've been scribbling uh, while you've been talking now. But we'll come to the third fee first, and then I'll go back to the Brent Earthworth and other advisors' fees at the end of the interview in a couple of minutes' time. But anyway, uh, number three is the product fee. This is the one I don't like. I, again, this is personal. This is not a Brent Earthworth view coming up here. The product fee. The product fee is deducted from your investment on a monthly basis. Why is there a product fee? Please tell me, Renee. Okay, so, you know, depending on which product provider you go to, you're probably looking at, let's say, a platform fee of about 0.1% all the way up to 0.5%. And that depends on, you know, what platform you use, how much you're investing. And the platform is the one that provides the admin functions. So in other words, they need to go and buy and sell those unit trusts that you are sharing or the shares that you are trading. Yes. They have got to have access to reporting. You need to have access to reporting tools on performance. Um, they need to send you your tax certificate. They need to send you your statements. They need to make sure all the products and the legalities. So there are also costs to an admin business. So, you know, that's where you have to understand that there, there are products. You know, they are products that save clients, like an endowment, for example. It saves clients tax and RAs and preserving your wealth like a preservation fund. Those admin-related functions don't come for free. So there always is a little bit of a fee there. But the reality is, is I think in the old days, you know, you used to get – products such as endowments and RAs, and they all were loaded with upfront fees. They had exit penalties. And I think this gave our industry like a, a tainted reputation. So since the Phase Act many years ago came into to action, you know, you need to have full disclosure and, you know, you have to tell the client exactly what they're paying. In other words, there must be no stone unturned. And I think, you know, the bottom line is that, any advisor worth their salt should be able to give you as the client the best fee structure on the best platform from all perspectives, service, fees, reporting, websites, functionality, you name it. And I think the last thing to end off is if you are in those type of products, so RAs, endowments, this, that, the next thing, yeah. I would seriously consider consolidating on, on one platform because this helps you aggregate your fee scale. So instead of having a old mutual, whatever, uh, Sunlum, Investec, 91, instead of having them all over the show, if you consolidate on one platform, they serve the function of everyone. There's no need to have all these bits and bobs all over the place. They get the platform that's, yeah. that suits you. I want to come back now, and that's yes. very well described, actually, the, the product fee, because I didn't understand that. Uh, my final point to make here is that when somebody rings up Rene Egar and says, okay, I've got a little bit of money, I want to uh, invest, this is how old I am, these are my aspirations when it comes to uh, returns, it's not just you plug it in and after 10 minutes you've got it. You have to do a lot of work on this, Renee. You really do. Oh, I mean, absolutely. hours and hours of work and hours and hours of consultation. So your fee is, I know I'm, I'm sounding a bit sycophantic here, you really do earn your money. Mm. 
I mean, some investment proposals can take me up to eight hours, and that's excluding even meeting the client. So, yes. you know, there's a lot of back-end work, and, and I don't think that that should be scrutinized. But I think clients must know to write, to understand the fees and to ask the right questions. Very good. Well described. Interesting discussion. Thank you very much, Renee. Renee Egar is from Brentus Wealth, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentus Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.